it is just mind-blowing the amount of people that are engaged with this game and it seemed like really the best possible way to get this educational content out to the masses was to partner with Minecraft. Welcome to the Minecraft Education Edition podcast. I'm Mike Washburn. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Participate, where the world learns together. On today's show, there's something for everyone in Minecraft. We spoke to Sarah Red Laird from Bee Girl about all of the incredible bee-themed lessons they created in Minecraft for students to learn about bees. Let's get started. I love that you can open up Minecraft Education Edition and ask yourself, what do I want to learn today and find something? This is just another way that the power of Minecraft and what's been built to support Education Edition shines. When you take the best-selling game ever and engage passionate people to create amazing content and then put that content in the hands of students, you have, in my opinion, the most powerful tool for teaching and learning that exists. I didn't know what to expect when I spoke to Sarah Red Laird from Bee Girl. The bee content in the game is great, but as you'll hear, Bee Girl took it and turned it into something with meaningful learning experiences for every student. When we come back, Sarah Red Laird from Bee Girl joins us, so stay with us. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Bee Girl organization's mission is to educate and inspire communities to conserve bees, their flowers, and our countryside. They envision a future where kids frolic in pastures of flowers, buzzing with bees, alongside profitable family farmers and ranchers. The founder of Bee Girl joins us now. Welcome, Sarah. Hello. Thank you for having me. So, Sarah, when I became an educator, I don't think I ever suspected I'd end up becoming primarily a content creator, uh, a streamer and a podcaster <laughs> and a YouTuber and a community builder. Um, bees seem like a path that you likely didn't choose when you first went to college. Just like when I went to teacher's college, I didn't think I was going to become a Twitch streamer. Um, it's not like saying you want to be a <laughs> lawyer when you grow up and kids say that or a doctor or whatever. Um, tell us a bit about your journey and why bees. Yeah, you're right. I actually, my degree is in resource conservation and environmental studies and um, collaborative policy. So all these things do relate to the work that I do now. But when I went to school, I was not thinking, um, and I also have a degree in outdoor recreation leadership. So when I went to school, I was not thinking that I would grow up to run a nonprofit organization that works on educating kids about bees and works on bee conservation projects and issues. So um, yes, this came to me. Well, I had always had an affinity for honeybees starting when I was really young, which came primarily from my first bee sting when I was about three years old, which I remember very clearly because I couldn't believe that something so tiny and cute and fuzzy could pack such an amazingly powerful punch in her right. rear end. And, um, and so I just became completely fascinated um, there's this really thin line between fear and fascination and bees help you walk that. And, um, 
And so I became completely fascinated with bees at a very young age, and it became my goal to be able to pick them up without getting stung and impress kids on this in the schoolyard by doing that. <laughs> and then also um, one of my favorite movies when I was a kid was Fried Green Tomatoes and Favorite Books and Iggy Threadgood was my my spirit animal. <laughs> she was my childhood hero. And one of the things that she did was um, reach her hand into an old oak tree filled with honeybees and pull out large chunks of comb and put it in a jar for her loved ones. And I just always thought that was the most magical and amazing thing that someone could do. So I wanted to grow up to be just like her in a lot of ways. And so I think that that stayed with me. And then when I was in college, I actually, um, I was working primarily on water policy issues. And um, I was uh, for the, in the, I was a student in the Davidson Honors College and we had to do a research thesis and it didn't necessarily have to do uh, with our major, but we just had to pick something that we would research and present on. And there was a honeybee lab at the college. And so I decided to try and hunt them down and see if I could do a project with honeybees for that research project. And, um, and that was, and that changed everything. It was, um, I really felt at home in the lab and, in the hive, bees, honeybees made a lot of sense to me and beekeeping made a lot of sense to me. And I became very passionate and interested in the issues that they were facing. And then I ended up graduating right smack dab in the middle of the last recession in 2010. And there were zero jobs in resource mm. conservation and water policy. And the honeybee lab folks really liked having me around. And so they dug together some uh, funds and created a full-time position for me as a research assistant. So that's how I got started. And and then I just thought that it would be um, something that I would do. I In between research seasons, I came to back to Southern Oregon, where I'm from, from here and um, up in Alaska. And I started my own nonprofit project and called it Bee Girl because it sounded cheeky and fun and memorable, thinking that this is something that I would do for a few months to get me through to the next research season or the next real, quote-unquote, real job. And 10 years later, here I am, <laughs> still doing the same thing, teaching kids about bees and working on habitat issues. That's awesome. So, yeah. And, and so I spoke briefly in the intro about uh, Bee Girl, and... I'd love it if you could dig a little deeper into what exactly the organization does, how you do it, and how you teach kids about bees. Yeah, so we have two projects that we work on primarily. One is uh, conservation projects. So I have a few. Um, I have a research project called Regenerative Bee Pasture, the Regenerative Bee Pasture Project. So we're trying to find out um, how to utilize our landscapes that are um, primarily in the West, because that's where I am. We're trying to figure out how to use utilize our grazing landscapes, so our working landscapes that have sheep or cows, um, to be able to um, plant and cultivate more flowers on these landscapes for both our managed bees and our non-managed solitary bees. And it's uh, if it was easy to do, everybody would already be doing it, but it's, it's quite sure. the trick to figure out. And so we're also, this project is really based in soil health 
as well. And so there's a research component where over the next five years, we're partnering with Eastern Washington University and the Oregon State University Honeybee Lab to study the um, microbiome and nutritional makeup of this in this project as we um, build soil and build flowers and build habitat for both bees and then also cows and sheep, how the uh, microbiome and the nutritional density in the soil, the plants, the flower pollen, and then also at the bee level too. So we're measuring microbiomes of honeybee and bumblebee guts out on this pasture project. So um, that is uh, one of our primary focuses right now is that the pasture project. And then I also have this really cool, I have two other research projects that we do too, that um, one is working with wineries to get in Oregon. Uh, wine grapes are um, one of our, our major agricultural commodities here in Oregon. And then the thing that I love about wineries though, is that they have tasting rooms. And so people come to these wineries to visit them. And so it's a really great opportunity to be able to connect with the public and talk to them about bee issues and soil health issues. And so um, I have two different wineries that I'm working with some pretty cool projects on um, conservation and education um, issues. And then, um, and then we also have a project with the Oregon Department of Transportation where we monitor bees out on a, um, on a restored vernal pool habitat. And all of these, all the details of all of these research projects are on our website, beegirl.org. And then the other half of what we do is kids education. So I think that it's really important to start talking to kids about where their food comes from and um, environmental conservation and bee conservation when they're really young. And it's not only because mm -hmm. I think that this is really the best way forward and creating um, very conscious, mindful adults when they buy their food or plant flowers, um, but they also just really, really love it. I had worked in um, kids education in various different capacities for 10 years before I started the Bee Girl organization. And I have never, ever, ever seen kids get so engaged and so excited than when we're out either in a beehive or catching bees and IDing bees and flowers. So it's just, it's, um, it's so fun. And it's really, it's fun for me to be an educator and watch kids get so engaged and so excited um, learning about bees and watching bees. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of twofold. I think that it's important for the world. And I also just really love watching kids have this experience. That's awesome. So let's talk about Minecraft. Yeah. Because that's why we're here <laughs> after all. And you've made three, not just one. Yeah. You've made three <laughs> Minecraft worlds and 11 lesson plans yep. for Minecraft Education <laughs> Edition. And you made teacher guides yeah. for all of these lessons. So that's a huge amount of content. Yes. Tell us what teachers will be teaching and students will be learning when using this content related to bees. Yeah, I'm so excited for this project. So at the beginning of the year, one of my main goals for the Kids and Bees program, which is with the program that I um, I run in partnership with the American Beekeeping Federation. And uh, this January um, at our annual conference, I sat down with the foundation who helps to fund the Kids and Bees program and talked about my goals for the year. And one of the big ones that they were also supportive of was doing more 
online content for kids because there's only one of me and a lot of what I do is teach beekeepers and teach teachers how to teach kids about bees, but there's just one of me. So um, I can only do so much travel. And this year I had a bunch of travel scheduled for um, doing train the trainer workshops, but that's all done now. And I have been able to do a couple of webinars, but still it's just not enough. Um, that's, that's, uh, I, and, and it's just not enough. And I, you know, my plate's full with doing so many other things too, in the research world that I really needed to figure out a way to maximize, um, what is in my brain and really put that out to the world and get it to as many people, um, as possible. Mm -hmm. So, so educators could, also educate kids all about bees and um and so online content seemed to be the thing to do and I really couldn't wrap my head around the best way to do that and then I got a call from Brian Bonham from Microsoft and I had heard of Minecraft but I didn't even know that there was an educational classroom whole program and component and so he explained to me what it was and it just was this and right at the exact time that he called was when everything was completely falling apart because of COVID as far as all of my teaching and my workshop gigs and so it just seemed really like fate almost it was like this it seemed I looked up um, some stats on Minecraft and it is just mind-blowing the amount of people that are engaged with this game and it seemed like really the best possible way to get this educational content out to the masses was to partner with Minecraft. So this was really just um, such an amazing gift to be able to work on this project. And so 11 lessons. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know anything about bees at all, to be perfectly yeah. honest, other than like you said at the start that they hurt when they sting yeah. <laughs> and they pack a pretty big punch into a pretty little body. Um, and they, they create nests under my deck. That's what, that's what I know about bees. Uh, so I'd love to, to know what I'd learn. Like I'm going to go when they're available, I'm going to go and play these and I, I'd, I'd love a preview. What are some of the things that are going on in these lessons? Yeah. So there is three different worlds. There's a honey beehive. There's something we call beetopia, and then there's a farm. And so we recommend that everyone start at the honey beehive um, and just start learning. And that's where you learn the basics about honeybees. And there is five lesson plans that go with the, um, with the honeybee world and they will learn absolutely just about every basic thing that you need to know to get you started on. There's just there. Honeybees are actually the most studied insect in the world. So it's impossible to even begin to know everything about these amazing little creatures. But this is just really the basics um, and, and beyond the basics as well. Um, so they'll learn all about anatomy honeybee anatomy. They'll learn all about the um, life cycle of the honeybee. They'll learn all about the different things that come from a honeybee hive. So uh, most people know that honey comes from a honeybee hive, but there are many other products as well that come out of the beehive. And they'll learn the different uses that bees, why bees create these products and how they use them. And then why humans use these products and how they've used these products over time as well. So there's things in there like pollen and we can harvest pollen from the hive and utilize pollen. There's propolis in the hive and kids will get to which bees use to um, 
seal the hive and make it a, a weather proof, weather and, uh, weather and disease and UV proof shell. And they get to, um, fill cracks in the hive with propolis. And then also while they're there, they'll learn why and how people harvest propolis and what they use it for. So, um, yeah, so the, the, and then they also, this is my favorite function of the hive is they get to make bee bread, which is, a, a real thing that bees make and it's a combination of nectar and pollen and so they put nectar and then pollen into these honeycomb shapes and then out pops some bee bread and then you pick up the bee bread and then you walk over to these little developing bees in little cells and you can feed the larva and you would have already learned about how a bee becomes a bee through egg larva pupa and adult stages so you go and you feed your little larvas the bee bread and um, and then they grow up into a pupa and then you and then this is also what worker bees do nurse bees do to the larvae is they warm them up and so you wiggle around and you jump and you shake and you um, and then that will turn the pupa into an adult bee and then the and then you get to stand there and watch your adult little baby adult bee fly away. <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome. This yeah, I, I mean I'm always amazed by content creators like Minecraft content creators and the things that you can do with Minecraft are, are pretty endless. Um, we had a really good conversation on the last episode about that as well. And this just goes to reinforce all of the cool things that you can do with Minecraft. Have you had a chance to see this in action um, very much? Um, and I'd love to hear any stories you have of students and what they've experienced or teachers and what they've experienced uh, with your world so far. I'm sure it must be pretty cool. Well, not yet. And I actually was talking to someone about that just a couple of days ago because we are just finishing them all up. So I've been able to get in there and play everything um, along with the designers. As we were designing them, I was getting in and um, doing a back and forth of writing lesson plans and getting into the worlds. And um, and then myself and the design team would kind of reconcile what was possible, what I really wanted the kids to be able to do with the lesson plan and then um, figure out solutions to everything. And so, um, yeah, the Beetopia world is where they go and they learn all about um, native bees, three different types of native bees and, and a few facts about other native bees and where they live and the challenges that bees face and the solutions to some of the issues that they're having. And then at the farm, they really learn about um, bee-friendly farming and regenerative agriculture and what that's all about. And these are all my great passions in life. And I love teaching kids about these things. And I have not been able to watch kids in a classroom or watch a teacher teach these things. And so that was, that was a challenge in writing all these lesson plans is that um, because of COVID, their schools aren't in session right now. And so I wasn't able to really um, workshop these lesson plans specifically, even though every single one of these lesson plans I have taken into the classroom and done with kids. So I know that they work and I know that they will love them. And I hope that the teachers really love teaching them too. But um, yeah, I uh, they're brand new. They're just about to be released very shortly here. So um, and with That's so exciting. many kids stuck at home and um, parents stuck at home looking for something to do with their kids. I really hope that this is a um, really fun and positive solution to both of them to be able to find something to fill their time that's also very fun and very educational. Yeah, me too. I think my two boys will absolutely love these and I can't wait to play them 
uh, play these worlds with them. Sarah, thank you so much for your time on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I cannot wait for these worlds and these lesson plans to be released. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's been a labor of love and I'm so excited to see them get out into the world. Did you know that students at more than 20 schools and universities around the world have rebuilt their campuses in Minecraft? You can explore builds from students at Stanford University, Singapore University of Technology and Design, MIT, UCLA, Queens University, and more. In addition to rebuilding their school campuses in Minecraft, students and educators have also hosted proms and graduation ceremonies in-game. Microsoft Education has put together a virtual graduation toolkit for online ceremonies featuring diploma templates, teams backgrounds, and more. Explore other ways to host a virtual event in Minecraft by visiting the article in the Minecraft Education Edition blog. Join the Minecraft Education Challenge. This virtual build challenge invites students around the world to learn about issues related to sustainability and inclusion, then design solutions with Minecraft Education Edition. You can create your own prompt that invites students to address a local issue impacting your school, community, or region. This could be something like designing a more accessible version of your classroom in Minecraft. Think about people with different learning styles and disabilities, so the space is a safe and inspiring environment for everyone to be healthy. Or build a more sustainable version of your school in Minecraft. Consider a holistic definition of sustainability, which may involve rethinking energy systems, recycling, transportation, and how nature plays a role. Share progress and stories of your challenge experience via Twitter and Facebook, and tag us using our Twitter handle, at PlaycraftLearn, and the hashtag, Minecraft Challenge. And then post your results on the Minecraft Challenge Flipgrid page. We've added a link to that page in the show notes. We're so excited to see what you build. Thanks for listening to the Minecraft Education Edition podcast. My name is Mike Washburn. This podcast is produced by Participate, where the world learns together. Find out more at participate.com. You want to get in touch with us? Check out our website at education.minecraft.net. Connect with Minecraft Education Edition on Twitter at Playcraft Learn. You can connect with me directly at Mr. Washburn. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we would be thrilled if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost, and this helps others to discover the show. Thanks for listening, stay awesome, and we'll see you soon.